0: Hello and welcome to Solutions. This is our 10th podcast for Solution-Focused Hypnotherapists. I'm Cathy Eland.
1: And I'm Trevor Edels, and we're both experienced Solution-Focused Hypnotherapists.
0: Today we're taking a look at keeping your cool during the festive period and other times of course.
1: It's no matter how irritating Uncle George or Aunt Matilda may be, all the children, yours or someone else's, You need to all keep your temper so everyone can enjoy their Christmas. But is getting angry over Christmas a problem?
0: Interestingly, the British Association of Anger Management, yes, there really is such an organisation, ran National Anger Awareness Week between the 1st and 7th of December this year. They also have some advice about keeping your cool this Yule. They feel that anger is an issue that isn't being addressed as fully as it should be. You may well be seeing clients with anger issues, and so it would be useful to see what the experts have to say. And we might all benefit from staying cool during the festive period.
1: Anger is a very natural feeling. It's one of the ways that the primitive brain deals with continued or chronic stress. It provides animals and people with an evolutionary advantage. When they're angry, they're stronger and better able to defend their food and family, so it's more likely that their genes will be passed on to the next generation. And appearing angry can act as a warning to others to modify their behaviour.
0: So, which is your anger style? We have passive aggression. This style of anger is used when people do not want to admit they are angry, as to avoid confrontation. The person becomes silent, sulks and procrastinates while pretending everything is fine. Open aggression is the other side of the spectrum and as the name suggests, these people are open, they lash out in anger. This may be physical or verbal aggression which can lead to harm to self and others. Open anger looks like fighting, bullying, blackmailing, accusing, shouting, bickering, sarcasm and criticism. This anger stems from a high need to be in control. And finally, assertive anger. This is the health way to respond and handle anger in a controlled and confident manner. We use our words, we listen to help solve the problem and be open in handling the situation. This form of anger can help relationships grow, whereas open aggression leads to toxic unhealthy relationships. Assertive anger is being in a space where you can process what is occurring, find your words, be expressive and flexible to what you're being angry about. In a relationship this is being patient with your partner, not raising your voice, communicating what you are feeling emotionally and being empathic. Apart from ongoing stress, people can get angry because they feel threatened or are attacked. They may feel frustrated or powerless or they may feel as if they're being treated unfairly or slighted in some way. They may fear that they have been abandoned, or they may well feel overwhelmed. Remember, it's not events that affect us, it's how we interpret them. And so people may treat events as being more threatening or more unfair than they might actually be.
1: Mm. The British Association of Anger Management, BAM, conducted a survey that found More than half of all Brits have family disagreements at Christmas. A quarter of all adults say their relationships with their partners come under pressure over the period. And an eighth say a festive argument made them want to split up. Calls to relate go up by 59% over Christmas. And the average family has their first argument at 9.58 on Christmas Day morning.
0: They go on to suggest that the most likely reason for increased anger are, here we go, who's doing the washing up, spending more time with family than usual, too much alcohol, one too many eggnogs, battles over the TV remote, and they suggest that almost a third of people choose to go for a walk to avoid rows. But isn't venting this anger helpful? Isn't it helpful to voice irritations and to let it all out? In the 1970s in Harley Street, you would pay a lot of money for the privilege of beating the hell out of a pillow, imagining it was a spouse or colleague. But did it work? Let's take a look. It turns out that this type of emotional venting likely doesn't soothe anger as much as augment it. That's because encouraging people to act out their anger makes them relive it in their bodies, strengthening the neural pathways for anger and making it easier to get angry the next time around. A piece of research was conducted by Ebbe Ebison, a Swedish gentleman. The purpose was to investigate the effects of anger on future verbal aggression i.e. does expressing anger to a person ramp up or dampen down future angry feelings towards that person or persons in the future? And the answer is yes. Two groups of aerospace ex-employees, one angry group and one non-angry group, were given exit interviews. The angry group had just been made redundant because they'd been promised a three-year contract which had been terminated after a year. The non-angry group were leaving for other reasons. The exit interview questions were designed to focus their anger on the company or a company individual. For example, what instances can you think of when your supervisor has been unfair to you? The results indicated that when the angered group directed their verbal aggression towards a specific target, their subsequent verbal aggression increased.
1: Mm. Going back to BAM, they constructed a plan to help people avoid the stress and associated anger at Christmas. Starting with the pre-Christmas preparation, their advice is don't give yourself a hard time about making Christmas perfect. It's not all your responsibility. And it is just one day in the year. They said, think about what sets you off and figure out in advance how you're going to deal with it. Plan ahead and think of the big picture. Whatever the other person thinks, does, it will all be over in a few days. And getting angry may not be worth the long-term effect. Think about the person who might make you angry. Now write a list of all their good points and think about the things you appreciate about that person. Remember, there is some good in all of us. And try to focus on the good things. They also say plan to share the responsibility for the day. Share out chores with children and other adults. Get some firm agreements on what each person will do so the success of the day isn't on your shoulders entirely. It also suggest do as much as you can in advance and agree beforehand with other family members some rules and arrangements that will help things to go smoothly.
0: Great stuff. And on the days when you are celebrating Christmas, listen carefully to what the other person is saying and show you understand their point of view, even if you don't agree with it. Choose your words carefully rather than saying you always Try saying use sometimes. Keep the volume down. Don't shout. Speak. Don't argue. Discuss. Don't drink too much. Alcohol is responsible for lots of arguments, and it is more difficult to keep things in perspective when under the influence of drink. Drinking lowers your defenses and changes your mood. Try to tackle controversial matters over the phone, or email, or text. Body language and facial expressions are vital to appreciating the other person's point of view. Learn to break reoccurring conversations that lead to an old argument. Take action and change the subject as smoothly as you can. Take deep breaths. Count to 10 if you're getting frustrated. Think about the consequences and step back. If you feel yourself getting angry, take yourself out of the situation. If you can walk away and find a quiet place or go for a walk, it will give you important time to calm and to think about the bigger picture. Tell people you're going for a walk because you've eaten a lot, not because you need to escape. Remember, if you shout, it's likely your children will shout back at you. You only have to eat sprouts, speak to your uncle, Say thanks for an unwanted present. Be a waitress. Look like a fool in a turkey hat just for the day to make the festivities flow smoothly. Accept the inevitable. There will be a mess. Your mother-in-law will say something you don't like. Try not to argue over small things. And finally, look for the positives. Seeing family and friends, the memories, the children will... Have a happy Christmas and the meal itself, which research says is the most enjoyable part of Christmas for many people. And what if you like Christmas but live with someone who hates it? You should also accept the situation, explained Azor. If your loved ones hate Christmas, give them space, respect their decision whether or not they want to celebrate and encourage them to reconcile with how festivities will happen in the household.
1: Okay, well, for young people, BAM suggests try to get enough rest before Christmas Day. Tiredness makes everyone grumpy. If you get overexcited or if someone's annoying you, walk away and find a quiet place to calm down. If your siblings are annoying you, Tell a grown-up who isn't too busy. You may find listening to your favourite music or repeating a calm word to yourself while breathing deeply will help you to avoid angry outbursts.
0: Yes, good advice. And lastly, BAM informs us that managing anger is a primary key to controlling stress, anxiety and depression. The final list of rules to beat anger say 1. Stop and think. Take a look at the bigger picture. Two, it's okay to have a different opinion. Three, listen actively. Four, use your emotional support network, what they call it, the anger buddies. Five, keep an anger management journal. And finally, six, don't take things personally.
1: Yeah, good advice. So let's look at what's happening in your body in more detail. It seems that during an angry episode, the left hemisphere is strongly activated, but not much happens in the right hemisphere. This gives you some logical ability, but no contextual ability. And that's why people do things that seem sensible to them at the time, but which later they come to bitterly regret. The amygdala identifies anything that threatens us. It can do this based on messages from the senses that pass through the thalamus, where most nerves send in the brain, or from the right prefrontal cortex, where we relive events that happened previously and imagine what might happen in the future. Neurons from the amygdala alert the hypothalamus that there is danger and it. The hypothalamus produces corticotrophin-releasing hormone, which we'll call CRH, uh, which stimulates the pituitary gland to produce ACTH, the adrenocorticotrophic hormone, which in turn stimulates the adrenal gland to produce cortisol, often called the stress hormone. In addition, the hypothalamus causes sympathetic nerves to stimulate the adrenal gland to produce adrenaline and noradrenaline. That happens really quickly. Like everything in the limbic system, this happens very quickly, less speedy, is the intellectual brain's ability to check that the primitive brain has reacted appropriately.
0: That's interesting. And as a person becomes angry, their body muscles tense up. Ketacholamines, neurotransmitters are released, making a person feel they have a surge of energy, which they can use to take immediate protective action. Other changes from the adrenaline are increased heart rate, raised blood pressure, an increase in respiratory rate. A person's face may go red as more blood goes from the GI tract to their limbs, ready to fight or run. The attention narrows and becomes fixed onto the target of their anger.
1: Yeah, their left prefrontal cortex can turn off emotions like anger and can reduce angry feelings. One way to ensure this can happen is to be more relaxed. Even so, it can take a while for the adrenaline that was released into the bloodstream to get used up, and so a person can get quickly irritated by something else. Anger also affects memory. High levels of arousal make it difficult for new memories to be formed. That's why people find it hard to remember exactly what happened during an angry episode. So, What can we, as hypnotherapists, do to help our clients?
0: Well, the obvious thing is to help them empty the stress bucket and get them into their intellectual brains. That means getting them to exercise, eat properly, get enough sleep. But it also means helping them to relax and encouraging them to notice good things, not just the bad ones. You can also encourage them to have positive thoughts positive actions and positive interactions. And that's what we would do in our standard session.
1: Yep, and we can also use the miracle question to get the clients to start thinking about how they would like to behave. Sometimes a miracle question is the first time that they've ever thought about behaving in a different way and how that different behavior can affect the people around them. We can also take their new way of behaving and use that as a kind of reframe rehearsal to use with them on the couch that allows them to practice their new behavior and start firing those neurons together.
0: And also one useful technique is to get them to recognize triggers, ask them what kind of situations make them angry. How did they feel at the time? How did they behave? And how did they feel afterwards? And discuss how might those triggers be interpreted in a different way. For example, Uncle George starts on about Brexit. It may be because he feels that no one has been talking to him and he feels left out. Once a client understands that alternative explanations are possible, they are less likely to become angry. Also, encourage your client to stop using words like always, never, must, ought and should, and replace them with the phrase, I would prefer it if.
1: In addition, you can get them to recognise the signs of becoming angry, and take steps before they go into full-blown anger outbursts. Signs include faster heartbeat, faster breathing, feeling tense, clenched jaw or fists. This then gives them a chance to walk away from the situation, or count to ten before the anger takes over. It gives their intellectual brain a chance to think about how they want to respond. Thirdly, you can get them to imagine other responses they could have made in a situation that had previously angered them. Then, get them to rehearse how they would like to behave in similar situations if they occur this Christmas. You can get them to visualise what it might be like to be the other person that they are venting their feelings on. Imagine but the other person has a life, worries, feelings, problems and fears.
0: Okay, and there are techniques that you could teach your client that can help them to calm down. And these include breathing techniques such as 7-11 breathing where they breathe out for longer than they breathe in and they focus on each breath they take. Relaxation techniques such as tensing each part of the body in turn and then relaxing them. Perhaps going for a brisk walk to burn off the adrenaline in their body. Distracting themselves by dancing to upbeat music, colouring in or taking a cold shower. Using mindfulness techniques to recognise when they're getting angry and to calm down. Using a mantra such as relax or keep calm. Visualising calm walks on the beach and other places where they felt calm and in control. Reading jokes and laughing. Making a physical change. For example, walking from where they are over to the Christmas tree and looking at the lights.
1: Right. So there are lots of ideas for working with clients who are not looking forward to Christmas and tend to get angry over what this year is a four-day festive period. We hope this will make your clients' Christmases less stressful and the fun events that they should be. And there may be some information here that will help us to cope as well.
0: And that's about it for this year. We'll be back in the new year with a new series of podcasts for solution-focused hypnotherapists. And in the meantime, if you celebrate it, can we both wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So it's goodbye from me, Cathy Eland.
1: And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Eddles.
0: See you next year.
1: Bye. Bye.